midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show, a show that is all about goals and stoppage time. Uh, we have uh, we talk Premier League soccer here. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me today is a man whose bald head you can see from space, Logan. It's really shiny, to be <laughs> honest with you. It's a nice uh, bald head. No, it's not that bald. I have some hair left, but Jordan, you know what has stopped like on stoppage time soccer show? The appearances of Matt Hartgrove. <laughs> That's a good segue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Matt not here today. He is currently moving. He's always moving, but this time he's moving uh, locations and address. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, got his own thing going on, I guess. Didn't you call him incapacitated? Uh, what would you call it? I, I, <laughs> I thought you called him that one time. That he was incapacitated? Yeah. Maybe. Sure I don't know. It was like a while ago, though. Like, it yeah, was... maybe. Maybe one of the first times he missed. Uh, yeah. I thought of that. I don't know. It's on hiatus. <laughs> yeah. He is uh, too busy packing right now. He really thought he was going to make it, but uh, he couldn't, so. Good luck to him packing. But, uh, yeah, we are going to be talking all things Premier League this week. We got some big stories after Ole was uh, out. Uh, We have Manchester United announcing their new manager. We have some games that took place over the weekend, which, you know, a big one of those was Manchester United versus City. We had a game that did not take place on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, uh, not a lot of games, actually. It looks like we had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Only nine games this week. I guess usually it's done. But, you know, they were all on these two days instead of, mm-hmm. like, a Friday and a Monday that it really um, looks like a lot less when I see it on Mob here. Yeah, they got games coming up this week. I mean, they've got games starting tomorrow um, to make up for just the awkwardness that will be next week, too. So. And we're going to be getting a lot of that with um, Christmas soon, too. Yeah. So, uh, But how are you doing, Logan? Oh, back to work, man. Uh, they put us back to work. So it's been a it, it's been a it's been a day. I'll just call it that. Uh, getting the kids back after a break, especially a week long break. Is never fun. Um, and there's a bigger one coming. So, yeah, this is kind of a rough, like, stop and go kind of situation uh, with kids that they hear they're a little wild. I 
you know, teaching high school and having kids come back from break after they, you know, they have a break coming up in two weeks. So they're like, yeah, well, now I'm looking forward to that one. So it's a it's an interesting time to be alive. You said it. Um, yeah, we got, uh, I, I'm doing fine, but, uh, <laughs> Jordan, how you doing? Sorry, <laughs> my cat's like, my cat's interested in how you're doing, Jordan. Yes, I'm doing well. Um, that's Hazel, right? Yeah, that's Hazel. Behind yeah, me. I'm doing well, Hazel. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a lot to kind of cover, um, in a short bit of time. Let's start it off with the big news story, I guess, and how this is going to affect maybe the rest of the season and maybe the club's future when we talk about Manchester United. And we talk about how they've appointed Ralph Ragnick uh, as their interim manager until the end of the season. There was also, you know, there's also reports that one of the, and it's official, you know, but mm. that originally when they were approaching him, that they were looking at having him be, or that he really wanted to be in a consultant role after the season. So he's going to have say in the next manager. He's going to have say in the direction of the club. And I just wanted to get what your thoughts of this was. This is a very different step for United, I feel like, because um, it seems like they want to actually build something now. Uh, But, you know, kind of mid-season here to go ahead and change it up like this um, and give somebody, you know, half a season of control, but then, you know, giving them also the keys to the future. So I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of get your thoughts on on Ralph Rangnick and Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, it, listening to all sorts of different pundits talk about uh, Ralph and his takeover and his interim management uh, that he's going to do with uh, Manchester United, I think it's interesting because – they were one, they were talking about the success that he had at Leipzig um, with the uh, RB Leipzig and, and that kind of uh, gauntlet of teams that they have. Um, he, he's done things with Red Bulls where he's been the global sports director. Um, he was a manager for Leipzig when they were on the ground and he brought them up through promotion. He kind of built this thing from the ground up and they, they were talking about how it was interesting for Manchester United because after Sir Alex Ferguson left, it's just been kind of in shambles um, since he's been gone. So bringing in Ralph um, to kind of build towards the future is an interesting thought because um, as we talked about with the uh, episodes before this one, especially with Ole being fired last year week, um, it's really interesting because they just don't have enough pieces. I don't think to really fit the system that he's going to bring into place. Um, Ralph was a mentor to, to the likes of Thomas Tuchel um, I know that he was with uh, Jurgen Klopp and both of them tend to want to employ this uh, style where they uh, press a lot, where they're, you know, causing other teams to be uncomfortable in their uh, uh, attack and, you know, defenders pressing higher up in the pitch. And, you know, when you look at Manchester United, that, that press that he's kind of made a staple Ralph, um, it, it's really just doesn't fit their style. So I think it's interesting that Manchester United go this route I think with the amount of players that they have that are a little bit older, um, maybe not so fit, maybe guys that haven't played so often uh, just because Ole Gunnar just had a harder time fitting pieces in. Um, and there were some issues with the use of their bench. Um, like Van de Beek has hardly played. Pogba has disappeared after having a good start. Um, so it's been kind of rough going for Manchester United and trying to figure out like the pieces that work. And then you also add in the fact that their defense is just not as sound. Um, especially in the center mid. 
you just don't have any defending midfielders that are really going to press the ball, um, create turnovers, and make the other teams make mistakes so that they can get pushing towards their attack in their own box. Um, but we'll, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that when we get into Chelsea's game because it was pretty, uh, it was pretty apparent as to what Manchester United is missing, um, what Chelsea has that Manchester United doesn't have. Um, but I do think it's interesting that they've they've brought on Ralph to basically take over. Now they're going to then find a manager. It might be just a year that he's there um, to kind of finish out the season and takes over that sporting director position or a consultant where he is basically running the football operations along with uh, their management. So it'll be interesting and it'll really be interesting too, because Ralph will have, uh, I guess, more resources if they decide to want to spend the resources that they need to spend. Um, I think that with Ralph and the Glazers, I, I think it'll be interesting just because the, the, the ownership's different, and I think with Leipzig and Salzburg and all of the RB uh, family, I, I think that they get a lot more of a leash, whereas in United, I don't know if he's going to get necessarily that leash. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it was People are raving about the move. I'm interested to see what he does because right now he can't do anything with this team he has, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about that with Chelsea and them coming here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that's – Ultimately, what my thoughts were, I, I thought it was a good hire. I think it, it's a step in the right direction. They finally look like they want to pick up the pieces and start to build something. But it's been a while since Manchester United have really been the dominant team that everybody's been scared of. Um, you know, they've got good finishes over the last five to ten years, but nothing really Manchester United worthy. But I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Because I, I think it's very much just a hiring to jockey for some positioning and maybe save some Europa League um, or maybe a top four spot. I think it's an interesting move because I, I think it shows that they're buying into his philosophy, I guess, in the sense of they may not have all the pieces they need for it now, mm-hmm. but the fact that they gave him a consultant role afterward, he's going to have a say in the next manager. Like, to me, that makes me feel like they're buying in and that they're going to be able to <clears throat> try to implement this, which is what they need. But I also saw some people that are you know, familiar with United um, or like a United <clears throat> pundit saying that this long rebuild is not what they need, that they need a short turnaround. Mm-hmm. But – Really, if you look at all the short turnarounds that they've tried, it hasn't worked since Alex Ferguson left. So why not give this a shot? Um, I can see why it seems like Ralph Ragnick has kind of gone more into a sporting director role at like Locomotive Moscow Mm -hmm. and um, even at times with Salzburg before going to Leipzig. But uh, I'm assuming that's what he really wants to do, and maybe that's why he's offering this consultant, why he wanted the consultant role before he would take this job, is I'll go back in the you know dugout and manage uh, in the trenches, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do that to kind of assess the situation hands-on, and then I'm going to take that step back, and we're going to build off of what I see uh, with what we need. Um, and if they let him do that, then I think it could be successful. Um, he may even tweak his style to fit this team. I, I don't think it's always got to be, oh, he does the gag and press. And yeah. That's all it's got to be because, you know, there, there's there's other ways 
to do it. And um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, I created this method. I'm always going to use this method. It, it could be, that's not going to work here right now. And I'm going to figure out how I can get this team going. And then we can start maybe implementing that as I shift some of these people out, as I bring some of these people in, we can kind of start turning that. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think his first game in charge, they're going to be gagging pressing the whole time. <laughs> uh, but maybe, maybe they will. I don't know. But Cristiano busted out, man. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe they will. I don't know. But I think he's going to have to do a lot of hands-on assessing beforehand. Mm-hmm. And um, hey, I, I don't like. I don't know. If you're a United fan, maybe you're excited about this. Maybe you wanted the you know what we called the the quick fix was Conte, right? Like yeah. that's what we said was, okay, Conte comes in, he does like two years or three max, and he's out, but now the job's more favorable again. Or do you let somebody do this rebuild? And it seems like they're going with the latter there. Yeah, so with his time at Leipzig, he was as manager, he had what, 50 wins, 20 draws, and 18 losses. He was the person that brought them up through relegation and up into the Bundesliga, so it was... Interesting to, to see his rise and how quickly that happened. Um, maybe he can come over here to the Red Bull in New York uh, and fix their problems too <laughs> when he's done with Manchester United. But uh, I, I think it's intriguing as a neighbor, as a, as a not-so-friendly neighbor of Manchester United. I, I think that it's really – it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of like FIFA comes mm-hmm. to life, and you've got this guy that's coming in as a sporting director to try to fix everything. And like you said, Jordan – uh, what better way then to get his hands on the team and, and you know manage it on a ground level and see what exactly is the problem going on with Manchester United? Just wait till he finds out that it's pretty much the whole team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you look at what he's even done, he's he won a DFB Pokal with Schalke mm-hmm. in 2010 and 2011. Schalke, a team that's relegated now. That that's right. awful. He was able to like he really built something there. Um. Uh, when he, his first stint and then, you know, his second stint, he won the trophy and then he left. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, he's been all over German, German football. Um, Hanover 90s, uh, Hanover 96, my favorite uh, German team. Hanover 96. That's my team. Yeah. Um, do you know why? Did I ever tell you this? No. When I took German in high school, we watched a video that was about like Americans abroad. Mm-hmm. And they focused on Hanover's Zexa Neunzig because Steve Trundolo and Demarcus <laughs> Beasley were over at Hanover 96. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is my team now. And that is how I chose them. And I got a jersey, and uh, that's how I picked them. And that's uh, awesome. sadly, they're not doing so well. But You ruined them. I did, yeah. yeah. But it was it was a fun time. You know, they were once in, like, Champions and Europa League. Yeah. And now, now they're, like, relegated. But can we, I mean, uh, and the other thing too is like I saw, we can talk about Chelsea and United, I guess now, but uh, Chelsea had 17 shots in the box. Manchester United had one. Um, creating chances uh, is uh, a plenty right now at Chelsea. Finishing chances might be their biggest issue because they don't have that guy that's getting on the end of the balls. But that they have said, him. He was injured and uh, yeah. came on late. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, not to cut you off. I think Tuchel no, got it. I think he got it wrong here. I think yeah. Werner playing for so long, bringing in uh, Lukaku very late, mm-hmm. um, bringing in a lot of subs kind of late. 
just kind of sucked it out a bit. You know, like, um, yeah. look, I mean, Pulisic comes in. He puts in a great ball for what is going to end up being, like, the last kick of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rudiger puts it well over the bar. It's like, if anybody's there other than, like, <laughs> a center back, I mean, maybe that's a goal. I mean, he was all by himself at the uh, far post. So, right. really good ball in. Um, but I feel like some of those changes needed to have been made earlier. Um, and, of course, there was a bad giveaway, I think, by Giorgino that led to the Sancho goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, pedestrian at best. I mean, it looked like you and I trying to play soccer when they're trying to bring the ball down at their feet, and they're like, oh, crap. Don't bring me I into this. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem like you have great touch, Jordan. I don't really know how you play as well as soccer is concerned. I heard you do have score. a really good touch. I heard you score a lot, so um, that was in our stateside show, I think. Yes, yeah. You score all the time. <laughs> it but, was on Twitter, yeah. Oh, was it on Twitter? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but no, I, I. It's interesting. I wanted to ask you on your perspective is, and they asked like uh, Arlo White uh, and Graham Leslow talked about. Uh, they talked about how. Chelsea and London have kind of taken to Thomas Tuchel. Um, do you think that, you know, it's because of the immediate success or do you think that it's, you know, more than that? And they kind of, he kind of brought this team out of, uh, I don't know, like a death zone and brought them all the way back to life. Um, I mean, I do think he did a lot to, you know, when you look at what this team was under, uh, under Frank, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as good, right? Mm. Um, so seeing him really change the um, the mentality, I guess, and immediately winning a Champions League, and you know, immediately mm-hmm. turning this team around when we were kind of floating in the water, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> We were drifted ashore. You know, we were we were adrift. You know, right. And he kind of brought us back into the harbor, and uh, you know, gave us some good, some good vibes. Um, I think he's a great manager. I think maybe, I I, th- I think I talked about this on the last show too. I think United made the change at the right time because I was like right in, right in time for, to play Chelsea. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And I knew as soon as it was one nil, I'm like, great. I was, I was right. You know, yeah. like this is not good, but uh, you know, the fact that they were able to at least get a draw, um, you know, and then when you look at the stats and all the chances they had, you're like, man, they really should have won that game. And uh, I, I think part of it is just the lack of finishing, like you said. And I think with, it's not something you can really put on Tuchel. Mm-hmm. I think when you have what you have to put on Tuchel is uh, I'm not sure how fit Lukaku was. I mean, he had missed four yeah. games, but you know, having Werner out, Werner out there for so long when he can't hit the like the ocean if he's standing right. on the beach, you know, it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of rough. Mm-hmm. So he's working with what he can and. To be honest, I wasn't expecting them to be first place this deep into the season. I'm not sure if it'll stay that way, but um, just the fact that they're challenging for a title this mm-hmm. year when everybody thought that's what they would have been doing last year under Frank is, I think, is a good sign. 
Yeah, just watching his presser with Arlo, um, you can just see how passionate he is, and you can see on the side, you can see on the sideline just how passionate he is. I think that's where, again, I think United has lacked that. I know he got United a yellow those, card in the game. Yeah, that was my favorite. He like put up his mask just to basically tell the guy to to shove off. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was like, dude, that was it was awful. Um, but I, I think when you when you look at London and how happy they are with Tuchel. And you look at Jurgen Klopp and how happy they are with Liverpool. And you look at Pep, who's really happy at City. Uh, and and really? they've played extreme. Well, I don't know if he is, but um, <laughs> he seems to be. He always says he's fully committed and happy. You don't see that with Manchester United. Like, you don't have Ole Gunnar. Like, it almost looked like he was scared of what was going to hit him next. Like, he always looked like he was deer in headlights going, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and while he might be a nice guy and a United legend. I, I do think that there has been some issues as far as directions concerned. And I think Matt hit it right on the head um, where they said that he just doesn't play with style. He plays with the, just a bunch of guys that stand out there that know how to play soccer. Um, and I think that's part of the United's issue. And I think they're going to really see that once they start to pluck off some of these pieces, because I'm not sure that this team can compete with some of these top three or four teams. Um, when you when you look at it at the end of the day, I think they they are on par with how Arsenal has played. So I mean, it, it's been, you know, it's been rough, and it, it's only going to get rough rougher. I think with United, so be interesting. I don't think it'll. I, I think, I think what you're saying about like the United stuff and and all that. I, I think most of that is just wrong manager appointments. Yeah. Um. Look, they've tried the quick fix a few times, like I've mm-hmm. said. Like, I mean, you could look at uh, Jose, right, yeah. as, as a quick fix because he came in, what, won a trophy or two, and then mm-hmm. um, is back out again, and everybody knew that was never going to last because of how Jose is. Um, they tried with David Moyes, but they just didn't actually give him enough time. Yeah. And if you give, and I don't understand why, you gave Ole all this time where he now has like, what, 21% of the home losses? It's very confusing. And you gave Moyes like not even a season. Like, it's very confusing. But that was right after Fergie. So they were, you know, I think a little bit more, a little bit more trigger happy. Yeah. Because they were really worried about where they're going after Fergie and uh we see what with Moyes has been able to do with like West Ham and, and such that it really is um you know something that he could have he could have been better mm-hmm. for for United and they they probably regret it now and then who they have after so they had Moyes and then they had Louis they Van Hall who yeah. was, was a quick one <laughs> then they had what I guess the Jose. Then I mean they've been through so many at I was this say, point. I think they went through. Did they go through an interim at any point? I mean I'm assuming. Yes, they, they had. Uh, they had um, Ryan Giggs. Yeah. As an interim. Michael Carrick point. now. <laughs> Carrick, yeah. Uh, let's see. Managerial history went Ferguson to Moyes to Giggs to Van Hall to Jose mm. to Ole Gunnar, who's yeah. been there since 2018. By the way. We are now in 2021. Mm-hmm. That's three years. Jose had two. Louis Van Hall had two. Ryan Giggs had you know a few games, and Moyes had not even a full season. So, yeah. I mean, when you look at who they gave the time to, and I think that's where you're talking about. I think if Moyes or Jose mm-hmm. is on the sideline for longer, you probably see a lot more passion 
out of them like Tuchel. But when you have, you know, I don't think Ole Gunnar is like that. And I think that um, he wasn't as experienced, uh, honestly, you know, managerial wise um, than some of these, uh, some of these coaches. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Excited to see where they end up. But I felt like Chelsea really needed to win this game in order to win the league. And I'm not like saying they can't win the league now, but I'm just saying like when you have like that lead on uh, City and Liverpool and now it's kind of a one point lead over City, I worry um, on how it's going to be. Because like you said, it can't score right now while Liverpool and City score for fun. So (laughs) it'll be a little difficult, I think, for them to to get the points they need to win. I think maybe they ultimately fall short and get like second place. Their defense is historic, but I mean, it, it can only hold so much. And I think that it's done an admirable, admirable job. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it's that good or if it's just Tuchel being that good. Cause I, I mean, Rudiger's really good. Um, Chalaba's really good. I, I feel like they've got nice pieces. Tiago Silva's good too. Tiago Silva's a consummate pro. So you got really good pieces, but it's also, I think, managerial too. Like I think he's got a yeah, lot yeah. of uh, hand inside of that. Uh, this was the, almost the same defense that Frank had that was yes. struggling. Yeah, and I, I think with Mendy playing as well as he has, I think that's also been a big thing. I mean, I think if if you have Keppa, this is not even a story oh, yeah. we're talking about. But because it, they, they were so good Mendy, to move on from Keppa yes. at this point. Yeah, brilliant to be honest, because a lot of teams would, especially big clubs like that, would say, "No, that's our guy." Uh, kind of like United, and I think that's what bit him in the butt because they said this is our guy, um, and that's still one thing that like I hate to just keep harping on it, but it's so weird that I mean City will move on, Chelsea will move on, um, they moved on from Frank, and, even, and that's a hard thing to do, but it just seems like they just kept giving more rope to uh, to Ole Gunnar, and it was like what at what point. And then it just looks bad because you're just going, okay, well, now you're fired. Because <laughs> yeah. now you can't beat Watford. So, like, was it was it really that or was it – I mean, they just can't – they don't have anybody. Like, that's why they bring in Rangnick is because they don't have anybody to turn to. And I'm not sure they will after this year. I'm not sure Brendan Rodgers would want to leave Leicester for that mess. Like, I, like we've talked about this. He might. It might be intriguing because he's got the pocket. But – I. Right now, that's going to take at least at least a summer to kind of clear out some of those names. And it's not like they're going to go out and buy a bunch of people. That's not what United's been over the last 10 years. They always get outspent by all the other teams that are around them. So it, it, it's really interesting. Well, I do think, you know, there's always going to be somebody lining up for the United job. Everybody's yeah. going to think they're going to be able to turn them around. It's like the like the girl that likes the bad boy, right? They think, right. I'm going to be the one that turns it around. And they don't um, because they can't be changed. Uh, I mean, maybe this will be a better story. I mean, maybe, I, I I don't know. I think if Rangnick is choosing, I feel like he goes and gets, I don't know, some sort of German coach that isn't as discovered. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that might actually be fine for yeah. United. So I think it's interesting because the Glazers, I know I'm just a pipe dream here. The Glazers are American. He was with Leipzig. He knows Jesse Marsh. <laughs> Jesse Marsh. Could you imagine if an American took over of Manchester United? They, I think, 
crap would hit the fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we saw what happened to Bob and Swansea, yeah. and uh, it'd be a thousand times worse. Yeah, but I think Jesse's more touted. I think... Between... No. Well, okay. So, I mean, there's a couple names they were throwing out, like Julian Nagelsmann, would he, ever, he, would he ever be interested in leaving to come to United? I was like, no. Um, do you ever think that... Uh, do you think that Pochettino will leave PSG? I think that's the more realistic, but I'm, I'm not sure he would. Like I, I would never, I know premier league is like the destination now, but like, I don't know if I'd ever leave France. I, I like, I don't know. I just feel like why? Pochettino Cause you're supposed started. to win it every year. Yeah. Like Pochettino, he's been here. He's done that. I'm not sure it'll be any different than what he did with Tottenham and Tottenham was good. Like they overachieved, but I don't know if I would want that. If Mauricio Pochettino is your, go-to guy i don't know if necessarily you're a top two or three teams in, in england against these other guys i don't know i think i think if you were going to give anybody time he would have the best results he really was able to bring through like he brought through harry kane he brought through some of these players that delhi alley that yeah. played for spurs and Some, you know got to a got to a final even uh, a Champions League final, which Spurs are—I mean, Spurs were not even at that point at one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they could have—they could have won the league on the Leicester year, but Leicester had this amazing mm-hmm. season that just—I mean, really, we'd be—we'd probably be talking about it a little differently if Leicester did not win that mm-hmm. year, and it was Spurs. We'd be talking about why is Pochettino banished to France right now yeah. because he could be. Uh, you know, leading Manchester United. I think he could do it. I think, again, it all comes down to is how willing are they to actually give these people time? Yeah. And that's what we don't know. Um, they can say all the right things. They gave a crap load of time to Ole Gunnar Skullskar. Uh, so <laughs> there's a bit where they're walking the walk there. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me thinks if this doesn't go well with Ryan, that they immediately pull the ripcord again and we're in the same spot, you know, like United would be in the same exact spot. I mean, they're not going to get out of this performance wise. I don't think, I don't think they have the squad to do it, but I guess we'll see. We'll see, I guess. Anyway, I guess there's other premier league teams, huh? Are there? I think, I don't know. Uh, Not if I look at Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. I guess if we looked over at, uh, I don't know. Liverpool or West Ham or Arsenal that are fighting for position in the top four. Um, looks like Liverpool won four to nil. Yeah, we're probably not going to go individual games yeah. today just because we're we spent so long talking about United. But you know, we did have Arsenal beat Newcastle two nil, which you know they should have really, and they did. Um, Palace, Eddie Howe. Eddie, Eddie Howe. Howe. Is not the answer. Well, I mean, he's only had one game, right? Nope, not the answer. They, I'm trigger happy. <laughs> You're you're Manchester United right now. Yeah, but I they were never he's never been defensive minded, so I can't imagine him trying to save Newcastle, who's probably got the worst defense in the whole league from uh relegation. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna yeah. be rough for them. They're gonna have to go down, they're gonna have to come back up. That'll be fun. Uh Villa over Palace two one. Uh that's Steven Gerrard with a second win there. Liverpool four nil over Southampton. Let me tell you, I turned this game on. <laughs> to watch this one right yeah what a game and then they scored like five seconds in that i turned it off i went to a different game i was like <laughs> forget 
Forget it. I'm not yeah. watching Liverpool walk all over a team right now. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it was literally in the, what, second minute. Yeah. Jota. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? When I saw the score later, I was like, good thing I didn't waste my time on that game. Uh, Norwich, nil. Wolverhampton, nil. Josh Sargent started. And that one, Brighton, Hove, Albion, and Leeds United, nil, nil. So we had two nil, nil results there in the Saturday games. Um, Sunday, we had Brentford over Everton, one nil. Burnley and Tottenham caught off due to snow. Leicester City, four, Watford, two, as Leicester kind of get back on the grind there. And uh, Manchester City beating West Ham 2-1. And as we talked about, Chelsea United 1-1. But that was Gundahan, Fernandino in the 90th minute, then Lanzini in the 90th minute as well. That's crazy. A 1-0 game all the way up to the 90th minute. (laughs) Yeah, and City dominated. It was snowing like crazy. So it was a really awful game to play and watch. Um, it snowed all of the first half. They had to like extend halftime by 20 minutes or something like that because they had to shovel snow. But it was all city the whole time. Uh, and then Fernandinho scored in that 90th minute. And then it was like they kind of eased off the pedal and West Ham got a good goal. And, but yeah, city dominated again. It, again, like you said, it was kind of like a city-esque win. Very possessive, very methodical, very lazy looking. But we got the job done, so. That's how it works. Did you see Grant Potter got uh, booed though? No, he got, he was. They were at home, um, and you know they hadn't played horribly. Like they they drew with Leeds, who had not been great, um, right? But I mean, a draw against Leeds, you collect a point, you move on. Um, and he's had the team up at like fourth or fifth this season, so it was they were booing him as he walked off, and they 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 said that they were. Uh, pissed off about the whole fact that he had dropped so low in their ninth and they're only like three games above the relegate or something like that. Like it was like ninth in their three, no, their nine games. I don't know what that said on uh, sports earth on a, what you would call it, but um, on NBC, but it, they were booing him because he dropped nine points or something like that recently. So um, yeah, not, not a good look, but uh, yeah, they're booing Graham Potter. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, we also had, uh, let's see, we have um, Chelsea in first with 30 points, Manchester City in second with 29, Liverpool in third with 28, West Ham in fourth with 23, Arsenal all the way up to fifth with 23, Wolves in sixth with 20, Tottenham in seventh with 19. Manchester United in, and they have a game in hand, by the way, Spurs. Manchester United up to eighth place. They're literally only five points behind fourth. They can do it. They can do it. Um, Brighton in ninth with 18. Leicester in 10th with 18. Crystal Palace in 11th with 16. Brentford in 12th with 16. Villa in 13th with 16. Everton in 14th with 15 points. They've not won in their last five games. Four losses and a draw. Everton, really struggling. And they have Liverpool next. So, uh, not going well for them. Southampton in 15th with 14 points. Watford in 16th with 13 points. Leeds, just barely hanging on there. 17th place with 12 points. 
Then you have Burnley with nine, Norwich with nine, Newcastle with six. And again, Burnley has a game in hand here because of that postponement with Tottenham. All right. Um, let's go ahead and look at the matches that are coming up this week because we got some starting tomorrow, Tuesday, November 30th. We have Newcastle United versus Norwich in what should be a really bad game. Uh, <laughs> I'm expecting that's going to be a really bad game. That's 19th versus 20th in the Premier League table. Um, Leeds United versus Palace could be interesting. That's also on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, we have Southampton versus Leicester, Watford versus Chelsea, West Ham versus Brighton, Wolves versus Burnley, Villa versus City, and then Everton versus Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Too bad it's on weekdays. I'm going to be working. Yeah, it's like in the time of like when I'm leaving school or ending school and driving yeah. home. Like all these games. That'll all... be over by the time I yeah. start driving pretty much. It's lovely. Then we have uh, Tottenham versus Brentford on Thursday and United versus Arsenal, which should be a really interesting game the way Arsenal's been playing. Manchester United's going to have Rangnick. It's going to be interesting. Then we have some uh, weekend games as well. We have West Ham versus Chelsea. Um, so going up against AJ's team from the final third there. Uh, so we have, that's a final third Derby actually, cause Jack Jack's a Chelsea fan as mm -hmm. well. So, um, and then we have Newcastle United versus Burnley, Southampton versus Brighton, Wolves versus Liverpool, Watford versus Man City. Watford has back to back Chelsea city. That's going to be crazy for them. <laughs> Leeds United versus Brentford, Manchester United versus Palace, Spurs versus Norwich, Villa versus Leicester, and Everton versus Arsenal. Wow, Everton really going to go through the ringer here with, yeah. <laughs> with uh, Liverpool than Arsenal. Be ugly. <laughs> They'll be hoping to grab any points that they can. I don't know. Everton just uh, really have not been impressive. We thought Rafa Benitez was like, all right, well, he's kind of fixed the situation there in Everton. But again, like... They started guess, off good, right? Yeah, they did. They really did. <laughs> we thought, wow, they, they're playing really well. And without Hamas, and it was like, okay, well, this is this is something that they can build on. But, I mean, they've had a slew of injuries. They uh, DCL's been out pretty much the whole season. So it's it, it's been rough to watch um, with Everton. They just can't create anything. And they've got to be there. careful. Got to be yeah. careful. Only six points above the drop. Not that they're really going to be into it with how the other three teams yeah. are at the bottom. But, I mean, you got to be careful. Yeah, could you imagine? I mean, I, it really stinks because I do think Leeds is in for it for the long run. I, you know, they've got an injury there, here or there, and they're really not in good shape. Um, I just don't – they don't score enough. And the way that they defend, they just can't – they can't – afford to just sit out there and, and throw up one goal every once in a while because it, it's it's ugly defensively. Um, so, again, I think they're going to be fighting for their lives too. be interesting. But you're right, right Everton's, not, Everton's safe. Let's let's take a quick look at the championship. Championship Fulham, fan-favored Fulham in first place with 43 points. Bournemouth in second with 42. They are... I'm not going to say guaranteed to be uh, promoted, but I mean, Fulham has a 33 goal differential. A mm. 33 goal differential. 
49 goals and 16 given up. That is insane. Bournemouth has only given up 16 as well, but they've only scored 36. They have a 20-goal differential, and they're second. Then you have uh, uh, the next best goal differential is the fourth-place team, West Brom, with 11 point, uh, with 11 goal differential, 34 points. QPR's in third with 35 points, 8-goal differential. Blackburn in fifth with 33 points. Coventry in sixth with 33 points. Uh, Stoke in seventh, Swansea in ninth, uh, Sheffield United in thirteenth. Yikes! What a fall from grace that's been. Yikes! That's like Sunderland esque. How about this? How about fifteenth place team, Luton Town, the Hatters? The Hatters, the Mad Hatters. They're probably really <laughs> mad that they're in fifteenth. Uh, and Nottingham Forest in sixteenth place, Preston in seventeenth place. Uh, those are some big clubs to look at as well. Darby is all the way in 24th place with one point on the season after. One point? They've had four wins and oh, that's right. they, they had the, the 10 trolls, yeah, right. but they got the point deduction. <laughs> I forgot about that. They uh, were deducted 21 points, so they're back on the rebound now. <laughs> they, got, the they got back in the positive points. <laughs> that's crazy. They broke even on the 21st, and then they drew on the 24th to get in that positive. Then they lost again on the 29th today against uh, QPR. So not a lot of fun there in the in the championship when looking at who could come up. Um, League One, we have Rotherham in first place with 38 points. Wigan, Team Wigan. In second with 38 points. Wickham in third with 38 points. A very tight finish so far at the top for League One. Plymouth Argyle is in fourth place with 36 points. They've had three straight losses, and they are in fourth place still. Only two points off of the top. They were probably up at the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then Sunderland is in fifth place with 35 points. They're in a playoff spot. MK Dons in sixth place with 34 points. Sheffield Wednesday in seventh. Uh, the playoff spots stop in sixth place. Um, and looking at relegation is Crew, Alexander, Doncaster, Fleetwood, and Gillingham. Wow. I mean, I think it'd be fun to see any of these get to the championship. I mean, Sunderland would be fun, but Rotherham would be pretty fun. Wickham. Uh, and League Two currently is Forest Green in first place with 40 points, Northampton in second with 34, Exeter in third with 33, Swindon, Port Vale, Sutton, and Harrogate, four through seventh. Uh, Harrogate's fallen down a bit. They're in seventh place, the last playoff spot with 30 points, two points above Leighton Orient. And, uh, yeah, so that's your update on the rest of the football league there. Anything else you wanted to mention? Did anything else happen this week that we needed to talk about news-wise? I couldn't see anything else. Um, I mean, there's some champions, uh, Champions League uh, spots that were had. Um, we didn't – I don't think we covered the – there was a lot of clinching going on with Champions League. Because mm-hmm. we missed that over the Thanksgiving break. 
um, or whatever it was. So Man City top of the group, PSG in second, and those two are on to the next round. Liverpool's on, and then uh, they're waiting the the final of Porto, Milan, and Atletico, who all can uh, move up and down depending upon their place. Five, four, four. So it's Porto five, Milan four, Atletico four. Ajax take over, and they take over Group C and win that. Um, Sporting, I believe, clinched theirs based off of, um, I think, uh, how do they clinch? I guess, oh, goals allowed. Um, Because they, (laughs) I think Dortmund has to score like uh, 11 goals (laughs) to to topple over uh, and get that second spot. Real Madrid and Inter. To, took that group, Group D. Sheriff was bounced, Jordan. Um, but Sheriff will be in a playoff spot, uh, so that, that's fun. Um, Bayern and, take over their group, and they won that one. I think they clinched that last time, yeah. Barcelona uh, and Benfica are jockeying for the second position. Um, do they play each other? Because that would be kind of fun. No, I don't. Wait. No, they just played each other. Never mind. Nope. So they don't play each other, so... That'll be interesting to watch. I wonder if they play Bayern. Bayern will play Barcelona. So, but Bayern doesn't need to win. So, if Bayern Bayern wants to knock out Barcelona, they could. That'd be kind of fun too. Um, Man United seal their group. Uh, they're on to the next round. Villarreal and Atalanta appear to be young boys are still in it technically, um, but they need a lot of goals too. Mathematically, it's almost impossible. Villarreal and Atlanta Villarreal in that second spot. Group G, Lille and Salzburg um, being chased by Sevilla and Wolfsburg. It looks like that group could go a number of different directions. And then Group H, Chelsea win it and Juventus win it. Um, Chelsea wins the top spot uh, based off of goal differential. And that's Champions League. So we're all caught up now, Jordan. We can end this and head on over to a different one. Yeah, we have to get ready to go do stateside soccer show. So if you want to watch or listen to us talk about U.S. soccer MLS playoffs, uh, which have been a wild ride, especially <laughs> in the West, uh, as Logan likes to call it, the Wild Wild West, um, the Will Smith film. Yeah. And then we have, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking all playoff stuff uh, as we get into it as uh Tomorrow is another playoff game. Is the Revolution the Sports Shield winner will play their first oh, their first game of the playoffs after that long layoff that they've had. So uh, we'll see how that affects them. But if you want to follow us here, you can follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show, uh, Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show, Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show, something like that. Um, <laughs> just look us up. You'll find us on there, I'm sure. But uh, I'm all thrown off because I'm on Internet Explorer instead of Chrome because of the stupid camera from earlier. So I'm really thrown off on my notes of where we can find each other. But uh, have a great rest of your week and enjoy all of the soccer coming up in the midweek action and the weekend. And we'll catch you next time. Kane has stolen it at the death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League 
from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.